Well, good morning and welcome to Friday. I hope that you've had a good week and looking forward to a great weekend and looking forward to being back together as a church family. And this passage of scripture, I hope, has really ministered to your heart as you've thought about the tensions that are talked about, as you think about the, the concepts of lamenting and petitioning God, and then learning to worship and praise him, even in the midst of hardships. Um, as we've thought about all those different things, I hope that they've been an encouragement to you. And what I'd like to do to, uh, today, this morning, is I'd like to take these truths and kind of lay out a couple of practical things that we can conclude our thoughts on. But then, Lord willing, on Monday, I'd like us to pick back up uh, in this text of Scripture, and I'd like us to look at how a Christian is supposed to deal with pain in this issue of lament, and how a Christian is supposed to deal uh, with petitioning God and requesting um, that he work in their situations. How do we walk by faith? I want to talk about that. And then also the importance of worship and rejoicing in the Lord even when life is challenging. So that's where we're planning to go in the coming week, and I hope that you'll be able to continue joining us uh, for Anchor in the Word studies as we do that. Again, I'd like to read this passage one more time. I'm, I'm going to focus in on verses uh, 11 down to verse 18 in, instead of reading the entire chapter or uh, psalm, and uh, then we will look at a couple of final thoughts. So Psalm 35 verse 11. <clears throat> False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good, to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself, my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into mine own bosom. I behaved myself wisely, as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. But in my adversity, they rejoiced gathered themselves together, yea, the objects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people." Now, as we've read these verses, as we've dug into this, uh, dug into this passage, I want to leave you with these final thoughts that I hope will give you something to chew on, meditate on, uh, reflect on throughout the weekend, and then kind of bridge into um, the continuation of that, that discussion next week. So the first thing I want to mention is that when trouble comes, we shouldn't be surprised or shocked. Uh, we should be living with a recognition that in a fallen world, we are going to face hardships. That is a part of living in a fallen world. And we mentioned that early in the week when we talked about the fact that man uh, is born to trouble as sparks fly upward. And you don't know the day that you're going to encounter difficulty, but it most certainly will come. We need to be prepared for that mentally, to recognize that the, the fact that we're dealing with struggles is not necessarily a result of us having sinned or God punishing us, but sometimes it's something he permits in a fallen world. The second thing I want to mention is that we should not think that God is obligated to give us a life that is free from pain and difficulty and struggle, that he has to insulate us from all the consequences of our actions, or that he has to give us a life that is smooth. Now, it is true that the way of the transgressor is hard, and, and when a person makes bad choices, they're going to be 
difficult consequences that flow naturally from that. But we also have to understand that there are some things we will encounter that are just a part of life. And God is not obligated to insulate us from all the difficulties. Next, when God allows us to encounter challenges, let's not think that he is calloused and hard-hearted and distant and does not care about what we're experiencing. That God looks at us in our vulnerability and, and he doesn't, doesn't care. Or that God looks at us in our pain and somehow he has this disposition that's hardened towards us. That's not the case. When God looks at us in our misery and in our struggles, the fact is he looks at us with compassion. There's a word uh, that, that is translated loving kindness, and it's the tender mercies of God. When God looks at us and sees us in our difficulties, he is moved with compassion. I think about the story of, of the raising of Lazarus, and here Jesus has chosen not to go to Lazarus and to heal him before he dies. And he waited because he was going to ultimately raise him back to life. Even though he knew exactly what he was going to do, he goes to the tomb and there he meets one of Lazarus' sisters. And it says that when she came weeping to him, he looked at her and he wept. It says he groaned in his heart. What does that tell you? Even though he knew exactly what he was going to do, he still had compassion on these people. He was moved in his heart toward them. And that is the way that God is toward us. We need to remember that he tenderly and dearly loves us. He takes no joy in our misery. God does what is right and he does what is best, but that doesn't mean that the process when it's painful doesn't affect him in his disposition toward us. We also need to remember that he has a reason for the nature of the difficulties he allows and the duration of those difficulties and the intensities of those difficulties. When he chooses to allow us to encounter difficulty, he has a reason for it. And we need to trust him. Let patience have her perfect work. We need to understand there is a process that produces the qualities that we recognize are qualities of spiritual maturity. And we have to trust God as he works in our life in these ways. We need to remember that he's always good. And what he has purposed to accomplish in us and through us that is going to be the direct result of the struggles we encounter are going to ultimately demonstrate his goodness, not undermine his goodness. And we need to recognize that. And when we are in the midst of those things, I'll add this, we need to cry out to him. When we're overwhelmed and we feel that we can't carry on, we should cry out to him and, and, and tell him, communicate to him what we're experiencing. We need to pour out our cares and pour out our burdens before the Lord. Think of Psalm 37, where it says that we are to lay our burdens on him. We are to roll on him our plans. And we're not to fret, but we're to rest in him and wait patiently for him. We need to commit our ways to the Lord. This is the way that we're supposed to respond in difficulties. Cry out, pour out your heart before him. We also need to remember, remind ourselves of God's character and his ways, his testimonies, how he's worked in the lives of other people. We need to remind ourselves he cares, remind ourselves he hears, R remind ourselves that when he moves, he's going to move at the right time. We need to recognize that what he's doing is good and it is righteous. You say, well, how do I know those things are true? Well, I know them because the scriptures teach them. 
And I can see that they've been demonstrated by reflecting on his kindness in my own life and then how he's worked in the lives of others, the testimonies of scripture. And then lastly, I want to mention this because this is maybe one of the most important things of all. When we suffer, we need to ask the question, in what way does this suffering teach me and give me a deeper appreciation of what Jesus did for me? so that I could be redeemed to God. If you remember, this psalm has messianic aspects to it. In the book of John, when he talks about the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilling the passage that states that he was persecuted without a cause, this is probably the psalm he's referring to. In other words, when David is writing this psalm, he is writing not just of his own experience, but with the anticipation of the future experience of Christ. And as we suffer in the Christian life, especially when those sufferings are directly connected to the person of Christ and our relationship to him and our identification with him, we need to remind ourselves that we are participating in the sufferings of Christ and we are learning about them so that we can appreciate what he did for us. He did not have to come. He did not have to die. He did not have to do it on the cross in the way that he did. He did it all because that is what was absolutely necessary for us to be redeemed. So I pray that the Lord will help us to remember these very simple yet super practical truths. Lord willing, after this weekend, next week, we will go back to Psalm 35 and we're going to reflect on those different pieces and how to practically live in the light of these truths. Have a wonderful weekend, and Lord willing, we'll see many of you on Sunday. Bye now.